we are going to be talking tonight about um, ordination and about what that means in the context of a community who believes that in some sense we all have this sort of charge to be ordained together as a community to love and serve and care for one another. So I wanted to start with this song because I think in some ways this is sort of, to me, one of our theme songs here uh, in certain ways. It's how do, we, how do we actually care for one another? How do we actually be community for one another? I 
Excellent. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see faces here. So, everybody, uh, so I'm Mark, if you don't know, and this is uh, my friend Dale playing drums tonight. And this is my new friend Daniel, who's played a couple times with us. It's great to have everybody back. So, this is also, um, this is also, I guess this is Pentecost, right? This is also Pentecost. So, this song sort of seems appropriate to me. Um, this is one that you're probably have a chance of knowing if you, if you grew up in any kind of faith community um, in the United States, at least. So, um, please sing with us. Take and see it, see 
Thanks, Mark and uh, Daniel and Dale. Obviously, it's great to have you with us again tonight. Uh, well, welcome to all you. Uh, this is Emmaus Way, and uh, welcome on this eve of Pentecost. Pentecost is the day in the church where we celebrate basically the birth of the church itself. When God, after Jesus' ascension, God pours out his spirit upon the people and they begin to preach and to kind of move out in mission into the world. Um, we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, and actually our kids are going to be involved here in a little bit and kind of handing some streamers out to you, and I'll explain that more as we move to Passing of the Peace. Um, but welcome tonight. Uh, we have got a lot going on that's kind of Pentecost appropriate, uh, kind of a bittersweet uh, evening for us. Uh, in part, we'll be saying uh, goodbye to Amy and Travis. Uh, Amy has been a minister in our congregation for the last three plus years, um, and even before that was serving in this congregation while she was in divinity school, um, and it's been a real blessing to have her uh, in our community and serving and working in our community. So that'll be the bitter side, um, saying goodbye to them and uh, kind of thinking with them and praying for them about uh, as they move forward, kind of where they're headed and how God's at work amongst them. Um, but on the, the sweet side, we're also going to be ordaining Travis tonight. Um, and so in that Pentecost spirit of kind of God gathering the church, working in the church, moving through the spirit to, to work in the world, we're going to be participating in that uh, in an ordination service tonight uh, where uh, those of you that are part of this community and those that want to be involved, those that are guests of Travis here tonight, will be asked to, to participate in that service and to pray for him. Um, and to commission him as he goes forward. So a lot going on tonight. I'm going to be real quick with the announcements. But for those of you that don't know what Emmaus Way is, Emmaus Way is a community of people who've been captivated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we gather on Sunday evenings to listen to one another's voices, to sing, to pray with one another, to seek out where God is at work in our midst and where God is at work in our world, uh, specifically here in this community in Durham. Uh, and in kind of our larger local area and how we might participate in what God's doing there. So we're looking for what God is doing and then trying to figure out how we can participate in what God is doing around us. Um, announcements for tonight. Uh, those of you that uh, are regularly with us, you'll know that um, there are several ways to get involved here at Emmaus Way. Uh, we'll keep you updated on those. If you're interested in some of our missional partnerships, please look at the website. I'm not going to talk about those tonight because we're moving quickly. Um, if you're interested in a small group, you can find the links on the website or, or email Elizabeth Eford from the website to learn more about our small groups and how to get involved. Um, if you want to be a part of pub group um, or you're interested in pub group, please email me. My email is also on the website, so I'd uh, point you to connect there. Um, one thing that we're going to begin doing is that... Uh, I, I'm going to remind you, those of you that have, this is certainly not something that everybody needs to do, but uh, we've been printing out bulletins uh, pretty much every week, um, and we will continue to do that, so don't fear. Um, but I think what we're going to try to do is reduce the number that we have to print out. So those of you that have kind of a smartphone, iPad, uh, if you'll think about it on Sunday and bring that with you, um, Chelsea, who does an amazing amount of work here kind of behind the scenes, pulls that together throughout the week, and she's going to be sending that out to the community so you can have it in digital form. Um, and that way we don't waste as much paper, it doesn't cost us as much on a weekly basis, but it's one of those ways in which we as a community can kind of uh, use technology for the benefit. It is very rare, I think. I hear myself actually saying that we can use technology for the benefit of the kingdom, but yes, we can. Um, so that's wonderful. 
Um, a couple other announcements that we have coming, uh, going on. One thing that took uh, place in our community actually yesterday was that Lindsay and Caleb were married. They're not here tonight. Um, but Amy was able to officiate that wedding, and I hope and I know a lot of you were involved. It's a great celebration in our community of uh, those two being joined together, um, and I think they're on their way to Maine. Is that what I heard? Is that right? Maine? Okay, wonderful. Oh, and cake, leftover cake from the wedding. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so you can, if you didn't get to make it to the wedding then you, or the reception, then you can participate tonight by eating cake. I'm sure they would uh, enjoy that. Um, one other announcement that we have, where is Dave? Dave was going to make a finance update for us real quick. And thanks to Dave and the other members of that finance team who work hard to kind of keep us on track and keep us in the know. Um, in a second, I'm going to pray the prayer for Pentecost uh, for us. Um, but as we move to passing of the peace, which is what we're going to do right after uh, I pray the prayer for Pentecost, the children who you might have noticed are gathering up here uh, on the side of the stage are going to come out and help, help us participate in Pentecost. They've been working on making uh, red streamers. Um, for the celebration of Pentecost. Now, you might ask them why the color red, why is that color used for Pentecost, and why streamers when they come out. But what they're going to do is they're going to hand you one, uh, hopefully, they'll find you, and I think what they're going to ask you to do is to wear it somehow. You can get creative with it, make a hat, make, you know, I don't know, a tail or something, whatever you want out of it. But they're going to ask you to celebrate Pentecost with them by displaying that streamer, all right? So feel free to ask them how they made it, what they made it of, and why they made it, and what Pentecost is, because I'm sure they'll be happy to share that with you. Let's pray, and then I'll invite you to pass the peace. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel that it may reach to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to invite you to stand up, greet the people around you. If you don't know somebody next to you, introduce yourself, and please interact with the kids as they come around. They'll be excited to connect with you. Chancey, I think you stole my Rambo look. I saw you eyeballing me from across the room saying, headband is it. <laughs> well, you guys all look good in red. Um, so, and I'm going to have Miss Amy come forward now. Uh, this is, um, I'm going to give you the, the, the rotating stool here. The, um, so this is Amy and Travis's last night with us, which we are very, very angry about. So we're here to, uh, essentially, we are going to be 
ordaining Travis, which will let us not only excommunicate, uh, but defrock him, uh, uh, because we're so disappointed these guys are leaving us. But um, one of the things that, um, that we did, we, I do realize, these guys came in maybe their first week or two in Durham. Uh, Amy was starting uh, divinity school. These guys had a deal. The deal was like this. Amy was going to go to divinity school first. She was going go to go to Duke. Travis was going next, and he was going to go to the Seattle school, which by name you might guess is a little bit far away from here. So we're aware that we got an extra three years out of the deal somehow. But these guys, you know, Amy, you've been a pastor here for over three years, but you guys have both been deeply involved in the leadership and the ministry life of the community. So in some ways that there's a kind of a fuzzy line almost, uh, um, uh, though we did have the privilege of ordaining you several years ago, which was a wonderful thing to do. So you guys, and Travis has been a part of our leadership team, so you guys have been very involved in the life of this community. Um, so this is a, a bittersweet evening. So I told Amy tonight, just for fun, um, is rather than like ask like one question and let her talk, I have kind of a little bit of a lightning round experience for her. So I'm going to ask her a, um, like a, a few questions and let her kind of do uh, some short answers. And then if I just, the mood hits me, I might ask you to ask her a few questions. So it could be like uh, stump the departing pastor night. Uh, so if you've got like a really obscure question in Hebrew or something like that, feel free to be working that up right now. But so here's my first question, Amy. Um, and I'm going to give you the microphone. Okay. Um, so tell us when you knew you were an Emmaus Way pastor. Was there a moment where you went, oh my goodness, somehow I'm in charge of this in some way, form, or fashion? Um, I think it was when, I don't know if she's in the room and I'm going to embarrass her, when Elizabeth Eford got mad at me for something. <laughs> and I was like, Elizabeth Eford has been here way longer than I have. And if she thinks that I'm in charge, then I must have entered the, the realm of leadership. She was right to get mad at me, whatever she got frustrated about. I think it was children's stuff, but, you know, that's when I knew. I said, if, if Elizabeth Eford thinks that I'm in charge and she's not, then, uh, then something has switched. <laughs> so. I should have said this. I was going to say this uh, briefly just to get a gist of a few of the things Amy has done for us is um, she has been, we have a lead team here who are uh, people that uh, kind of lead the, the life of the church. Uh, we're very committed to those of us who are, who are pastors here and might be paid for our work uh, to, to, to work under people who are not doing that. But Amy's had a really significant role in leadership for us because she's been the pastor who's been a part of our leadership team as well as obviously our pastoral staff. So, so she has been kind of the leadership conduit from the things that are happening. And that's been about a year and a half or two years that you've been doing that, as well as uh, some big projects here uh, in terms of things like our website. We, we really turned that into a user-friendly site with all sorts of stuff. And that was a project that you worked on several years ago. Um, 
This is actually not a, a gender thing, but one of the things as a new mom, uh, Amy was interested in being involved in, the, in our children's ministry and being the conduit from uh, the people that uh, we have. Most of you guys know that we have three paid workers that work at every age level and then people volunteer in. And it's been something that's been really important to us to have the sense of raising our kids as a community rather than kind of upholding kind of a nuclear family mindset that you're just in and on your own with your kids and hopefully you're doing better than the people besides you sort of thing. And Amy's been a huge voice as a part of that. But then as a, as a pastor of Emmaus Way, you have done, uh, you've led our dialogues, you've done every act of pastoral care. And in fact, if you were at the wedding, uh, Amy did an amazing job uh, with probably your second or third wedding. That was, first that was your first wedding. She did an amazing job. Uh, I was, uh, I think I have 125 weddings in the bank at this point, and I was jealous. So it was a fantastic thing. So uh, you've just done some great, great stuff for us. Question number two. All right. Tell us something that you learned by uh, working in this community. Because you've been trained. You've been three years in divinity school, so you've had all the classes and stuff. But what's something that you, may have surprised you or that you learned here? Well, I think something that's incredibly unique to the MISA community is that leadership or kind of authority, respect, it is not given uh, just given, right? It is earned. Um, and I mean that in the best way possible in that this stage or this, you know, this stool and, and music stand right here is probably one of the most intimate, vulnerable places that a pastor could could preach from. Um, because if you're in a more organized, maybe even a more high church, you have the pulpit, you have the robe to say that you are in charge. But here, you're really earning it from people who you consider dear friends and peers and all of that. So, if, yeah, if I've learned anything, it's that um, both it, it takes both time and care um, to to kind of earn that um, respect. And, and and we're very you know non hierarchical church here, so we're, we consider ourselves all ministers. Um, but even just you know, I remember probably my first dialogue. I had to shut down the questions because there were so many people raising their hands, and I had to say, I actually do have a few things to say. Um, so. Uh, but it's been it's been a really good learning process and has just shaped me and taught me a lot. That's great. It's funny. Some of our musicians have said this. People like Dale, who I, I think Dale has probably done a, a stadium tour. So he's you know he's played you know in front of you know a bunch of a bunch of folks at one time and said this is the freakiest thing I've ever done musically because you just you can see every face. I mean you can look around the room. I can see Sarah's pretty bored right now and uh, uh, Dan's looks a little hungry and I mean you, you can just you can see all that's going around in the room. It's a very intimate space and it's one that when you make a point and you feel like people want to say something about it or they think you're crazy for having made that point, they might just tell you that and which is delightful but you can't hide behind. You can't pull the old, well, if you knew the Greek here, uh, then you would know I'm right about this. Um, so now look to the future. Um, when, let's say you and Travis come back, and you better come back often, but, you, but let's say you come back for a visit three years from now, a, a length of time. Um, this is two questions in one. Um, what is something that you hope that we're still doing? That, that it has not dropped by the wayside, that it's still important to us. And maybe what is something that you hope will have caught here? As you know, we're a very community organic stuff. The staff doesn't make plans and then hope you do them. Everything that we do missionally has come from the community rather than someone saying this must be done. So what do you hope we're, we're still about 
And what would you hope that we maybe might be about? Because uh, in some ways, we want to put you in the position of speaking a prophetic word to us. So how about that? Sure. I mean, you know, there's, so, there's a long, long list of things that obviously I just deeply care about at, at Emmaus Way. And so all of our values that we say in the, our minister's liturgy and what we'll say later when we ordain Travis, those are things that, of course, I hope that we uh, that you are still practicing and living out and struggling with and all of those things. But particularly, I have just loved watching kind of different um, aspects of art take hold here at Emmaus Way, um, the way that we've done uh, visual arts, the way that we've done, um, you know, we had Amanda Rackley come in and lead us in some chanting. We've just, we've widened, um, you know, what uh, art means here. And I think that that is, I would love to just continue to see that to grow and to be, you know, kind of nurtured along the way. Um, and I think, you know, the, the second part of that, what I hope takes root is something that we did tonight, and that's um, more of our kids being involved in uh, worship, in larger worship. And I think... Um, We've talked a lot about it at Art and Aesthetics of like, what would it look like to have um, songs that the kids could, could sing at the beginning of the worship service with us and then go back and, and be in the room. So, so I think you know, thinking creatively and really um, the community owning that would be a huge thing. Um, I know it takes years of work to kind of establish a rhythm. You know, the th people think maybe the things we do every week are out of a vacuum, but they've been, you know, it takes a while to, to get a routine, right? And so I think, I would love to see, you know, kids kind of get what we do in the big room and not, it not be so much of a mystery for them. Yeah, that was a huge, huge challenge early on. When we started this community, one of the things we wanted to do was be very integrated age-wise and all those things. And when you're, you know, the, you know, the crazy new church moment, I, I still can kind of throw up a little bit in my mouth when I remember that moment of like, you know, the first couple weeks and there's like two people in the room and you're thinking, okay, what if like only three more people show up? You know, and we would, some weeks we'd have like 12 kids and then zero for two in a, you know, two weeks in a row. And we, we were so inconsistent. It was really hard to live those values out. But I think that's a great word for us now because we really have you know, uh, a, a beautiful, amazing, diverse group of kids that are a part of this community. And, and they can be not visual to us if, if, the, if things like tonight uh, doesn't happen. So, Amy, as just before, and we could talk about this forever, um, and I think one of the things that Amy and Travis would like to do tonight is just hang out for dinner. So uh, one of the, we, we see this dialogue thing we do every week is not just beginning and ending here, but, but being something that happens all week. And our farewell to Amy as a staff member um, and to Amy and Travis as a family is going to continue tonight. So if you'd like to just hang out with these guys and, um, you know, have a beer or, or have dinner or whatever, coffee or, uh, or, uh, or, or, you know, make Amy feel really bad because she can't have one uh, type of thing, you please join them tonight. Do you guys know where you're going, or you want Tiffany to play? Tyler's was a good option. So, so Tyler's and American Tobacco uh, is a great spot. So you know, just head on out with these guys when they go, and, and be able to maybe say a personal word to them as well. But Amy, what? Uh, let me give you the mic back and just uh, frame a little bit of what we can pray for for you as a family, and, and especially for your uh, your transition as a, a person who's you know who's who's an ordained pastor who's probably going to want to keep doing that. So what can we pray for for you? Well, Travis and I are kind of, we don't know what to do with the fact that, 
either of us is not in school for the first time in six years. Um, so we're incredibly excited about the summer and that like nobody has to read anything. We get to read the things we want to. Um, we get to you know take some weekend trips, go to the beach. Um, yeah, we're, I mean, it, it is bittersweet. We have loved Durham and we have loved this community and it has just been, I mean, yeah, we stayed way longer than we ever expected. Um, and so we're not at all gonna assume that that is replaceable. I mean, Mayus Way just isn't. It's not something you find, you know, in every town you go to. Um, but of course we wanna find a place where we can plug into and really um, have life, you know, to, to get to know people well, to um, really be able to have people around Eli and whatever this baby will be, whoever this baby is. Um, we'd love, you know, that's okay. That is Tim and Dan, right? You guys fight over that. Um, I don't know what you can do if it's a girl, but um, yeah, so of course we'd love to have people around our kids that, that love them and, and, you know, can help us raise them well. Um, so yeah, just a place, you know, whatever that looks like, we're kind of open to that being a lot of different things. If that looks like, you know, a church, if that looks like a community of friends. Um, but of course, I, as, as I navigate, you know, kind of taking on motherhood once again, um, things get complicated in time and jobs and all of that. So yeah, I would just pray that something comes along that I'm able to use my gifts um, and feel, you know, fulfilled in that kind of way. Um, being an extrovert, sometimes it's home to, hard to be at home um, all the time with kids. And so just that I would find ways to, to plug into um, the community that we're going to be in. And of course for Travis, because he's taking on a year of uh, chaplaincy residency at a hospital, which cannot be, you know, is not easy. Travis is a very, you know, very calm soul, and so he handles that well, but that doesn't mean that it won't be without its, you know, risks and all that, or, you know, struggles, so... Well, I'm going to say this now. We're going to actually gather around these guys and the way that we do ordinations is if there's a spouse involved, we bring them in. We understand that, that, that family is all in when it comes to being a part of the, the, the community of grace. And so we're going to pray and give you an opportunity to pray very specifically for both, uh, not just Travis being ordained, but Amy as, um, as both pastor, wife, mom, all the things that you are and, and well. But I'll say tonight, just at this moment, we love you. We are going to miss you. I'm going to give you a hug. And I'm going to save my tears. I've been kind of like going between bitter anger and tears for the last month. But, uh, I'm, uh, but anyway, we love these guys and uh, we're going to miss. There's going to be a whole, we're going to have to have 30 or 40 meetings here to figure out what we're going to do with your not being here. So uh, that starts in a week or two. So we love you, Amy. And uh, we, uh, we, we will expect many return visits as well as, you know, if you guys pull like a condo on the beach or something like that, we'll be free to come see you there. So uh, anyway, Mark, I guess you're going to lead us again. On some level, I think like for this week, I, I sort of think, okay, what are some songs that Amy and Travis like? And so I thought, they love Dylan, I love Dylan, let's do a Dylan song, so.
sign by confession In the hour of my deepest need When the pool of tears beneath my feet Flood every newborn sea There's a dying voice within me Reaching out somewhere Other times it's all 
Katrina and I, we, Katrina and I lived um, lived far away from here for a couple of years, and I had just gotten to know Amy and Travis like I don't know a few months before. You guys hadn't been here that long before we left, so we didn't really have a chance to know each other that well. But they used to come to pub group, and we used to drink there, and that was always a lot of fun. So, um, and I got to sort of you know get their general like spirit about them, I guess, to see what what they were all about. But I have to say that like when we moved back here. Um, it, it was a difficult move for us because we'd been in a different culture and, and it had been a major sort of culture shock to move back to the States. But I remember one of the things that made me feel like we got here and it was like, can we, can we integrate back into this community again? Because like half the people that we knew are gone and, and half these people are new. And can we really do this? And I remember um, at the time, Travis was working. I can't. It was a law firm. It was like you were working essentially to help like eradicate the death penalty. And that work, like when we moved back, and I've never told you this, Travis, but when we moved back, I remember like hearing the stories of the things you were working on, and I thought, you know, we, we might be able to do this. Like this might be a community that, that we could make work for us. Um, just, just, I, I just found your work really inspiring, and it, it really meant a lot to me uh, as we moved back and, and found a, a spiritual home again for ourselves. So I was trying to think of another song that, that we haven't done in a long time, but uh, this is a, a beautiful song, and I think of you two guys as, as sort of lions of our community. And so, uh, it's a lion song.
go out on your horse and you hit a tangled cord, feel the pressure underneath. See the green rush by your head. You will break out, you will beneath your own fleeter feet. What have we not been given? What have we not been shown? What have we not been given? What have we not been So before we call Travis um, up to uh, the stool here, um, why don't you turn in your handout today to the, the Liturgy for Pastoral Ordination. And I want to make a few comments about that because you're going to be asked to participate in this. And I want you to know what you're being asked to participate in. Um, and th this, is, this is really fun to do, by the way, for Travis because... Uh, Travis is as somebody that you would kind of meet in kind of a pastoral vocation, and you would say, boy, what a privilege it would be to, to be a part of his journey. And it's been a privilege to be a part of his journey. And, and Travis has interned here. He was a member of our lead team for a long time. Uh, we typically don't have spouses as, uh, of pastors on the lead team. So he uh, gracefully stepped down when we, uh, when we uh, hired and brought on Amy as one of our pastors. But Travis has just been a, an embodiment of the, the values and the things that we are. But if you look at your ordination, uh, it begins with uh, what we call vows for the whole community. And we mean these as vows. Uh, if you were maybe to imagine a, um, a monastic community that has vows, our community has vows of the way that we want to live with each other and to the way that we want to live in this space and live in Durham. And so uh, we're unabashedly about these values. And one of the things that's really interesting for us, and, the, and there's other church traditions, but in our church tradition, um, there's not a pastor if there's not a community. So in, in our mind, there's not some authority that makes... Susan Jake's a pastor, and then she's alone, and she's pastoring alone somewhere. But for us, uh, uh, 
the, the life of the pastor is derived from, from community. And, and, and tonight what we're doing as a community is saying uh, we confer this to Travis. We, we confer this hopefully. We know him. We're excited about who he is and, and serving in this way. But we're also not just an abstract community, that we're just a gathering of people that might have all had a huge fixation on, um, I don't know, um, Online betting or uh, uh, football or, uh, or, I don't know, saving the whales or hunting the whales. I mean, we could, we could gather here for lots of reasons, but there's a sense of, of value of who we are that's a part of this uh, ordination experience. And so look at this. These are our vows as a community. And you're going to be asked, because you're ordaining him, uh, not me, you're going to be asked to speak those vows tonight to frame that context of who we are. Uh, but notice, one of the things that we, uh, we are committed to is imitating Christ in thought, in word, in deed, in affection. This is a Christological community where we are uh, obsessed with the idea that uh, God, through Christ, has impacted and changed this world forever. And our hope is, or, uh, is rooted in that sense and that knowledge. We're, we're a Christological community. Um, we also understand that for us, living the gospel is living in an sustainable way, uh, being very holistic in the sense of our time and our resources and our environment that we live here with. So even just something small like saying, you know, maybe I'll read the songs next week off my iPad for us is in some way, uh, whether it's having, uh, often we have coffee mugs that, uh, we, that somebody has to wash because we're just trying to live as sustainably as possible. And we're excited about people who share and share stories of, of simplifying their lives. We think that our lives are often way too complicated at times to embody the gospel. And so we come to learn that from each other. Um, we are very committed to being involved missionally here in Durham and to be a, an activist people who are listening to what God is doing and participating in it. One of the things that we understand as a part of that is that it doesn't mean we're inventing things for people to do. We're looking for things that God's already doing and saying, hey, could we help? We think God's work is collaborative. We think we've, that's one of the great privileges of being part of a community of faith is collaborating with the great things that God is already doing. And so one of the things that was at the roots of our community life here is that there was a small group of people who said sometimes doing church gets so full and so complicated that being engaged in the work of God falls by the wayside. And so we said, let's do it in a minimalistic way such that we could, um, and it's why we have not over filled ourselves with programs that we understand that not just your social encounters at the table, but your social encounters all week is kingdom work. And so that's a value for us. We, we value proximity and, and mutuality. We, one of the best things that I've ever seen about our life, uh, Sarah Kate did a survey for us kind of four or five, no, two or three years ago about our life in the in community. And one of the things that came up was that most people at Emmaus Way saw other Emmaus Way people four to five times a week. And that's the one of the things that we were deeply excited about, that we would have a sense of not just being for each other, but being with each other. And that's extremely important to us. And any given night of the week, there are people at people's homes or out in Durham or enjoying life together. Um, I remember back in the day when I had little kids and I had to hire babysitters. And then when Emmaus Way began, when I had a fifth grader and a third grader, it seemed like there were always somebody in this community had my kids doing something with them. I think Jenny Nicholson knew the uh, soccer 
bedtime and homework routine as well as Mimi and I knew that. And so that's some of the things that we deeply love. And we want to encourage each other. We know that encouragement is difficult work. It's challenging work. It's, it's work that, that you have to, it's not easy to encourage somebody. I mean, if somebody came up to me and said, Tim, you're an amazing musician. I mean, no one sings like you. You have a potential of making a living. I mean, that's not really encouraging because that means they do not know me. They have never sat beside me. Uh, uh, you know, I always try to strategically place myself as close to Dale Baker as possible, lest I hurt somebody with singing around me. But when somebody speaks into my life in a way that they know me, that's a, that, that takes community, it takes gift, it takes blessing um, to do those things. And also we understand that we want to be cultivating disciplines of participation in God's work. Now, when we, when we wrote this for the first time, very honestly, and I love this comment, uh, Susan Jake said, the, I do remember the very first time, well, I can't do all that stuff. There's no way. And, and, of course, everybody in the room was like, I was thinking that. There's no way I can do all that stuff. Um, and one of the things that's a significant part of our paradigm here is not everybody's able to do the same thing. Some of you are great at praying. Others are not. Some of you are great at serving in certain ways. Others are not. But we imagine ourselves doing it not only together, but doing it for each other. There are times in my life when my sense of faith is so diminished that the faith that I have is the faith that comes from you, the faith that you gift to me as a part of your hoping and straining. And so those are the things that we're about. And as we start the liturgy tonight, we're going to ask you to say those things again with the impact of just reminding us who we're about. And any of you who've done our minister's liturgy, which is our liturgy of belonging, you said those exact words. Um, the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to charge you as a community. I'll, I'll say these words to you. This is your, my way of saying, remember, this is what we're about. This is what we're trying to do. Our ordaining Travis has no meaning uh, unless we do these things as a community. Um, and then look at the, where it says the charge to the pastor being ordained. This is where the, the, the liturgy is going to shift, and I'm going to speak very directly to Travis, and only he will answer. And we're going to ask him, um, does he feel called? Will he accept the call? Will he be faithful? Will he boldly proclaim uh, Interpreting the gospel and living the gospel. Uh, will he guard the faith and unity and discipline? Will he be merciful and compassionate? So we're going to give him the opportunity to say, These are, this is what I'm about. Uh, I've heard your values and I'm about living those values out. Notice on that list. What is missing from that list that might have been on an ordination call to a pastor? What's really interesting is what's not there on that list. I'm, I'm sorry? Yeah, we've not asked Travis to identify everything about him. This isn't a doctrinal challenge to him. It's not an evaluation of him. We've, we know his faith because we've seen, it live, seen him live it out. We don't need to like ask him those questions. What else is missing? Yeah, there's no performance on this. You know, we, we didn't put like a clause of... Now, Travis, if you start losing your hair, we're going to be a little less impressed with you, you know, or, you know, or, or if you don't proclaim or perform the gospel in a certain way that other people respond. So we're going to be counting. Uh, we're going to take a poll at the end of every year of how many people have been more influenced by you than other people. You know, and that's how, you know, none of those things. It's a great point. What else is missing?
We know this whole community thing is dangerous. It changes us. We say this all the time in our welcome. You know, when new people come to our community, it changes us. Their voice changes us. We are not static. Our direction is not always static. Uh, uh, all of those things. We understand that we are not framing you and you'll always be this way. But uh, by your following kind of the, the discipline of listening, you might change profoundly as a part of that. Absolutely. Here's a few things else that are missing. There's no sense of hierarchy. We are not going to give Travis a chance, even if only one night, to boss the rest of you around. For the re- you know, that would be actually kind of fun. You could be in charge of cleanup, stand on the stool and yell at people. But we're not, we're not uh, grafting you into some sort of hierarchy tonight. Um, we're not, and here's, this is kind of crazy, we're not giving you a special responsibility. Uh, notice that he is saying the same thing that all of you who've done the minister's liturgy have said. Um, that and, and we use the language of minister to refer to everybody in this community that says this is our community. And so there isn't some secret job description that we're giving you that not everyone else already has. There's a, a sense of you have, you'll be like everybody else already. Um, we're not calling Travis to greater purity. We're not, we're not assuming that, you know, if, if, I don't know, one of you sins is an average 17.3 times a week, and that's maybe the, the, the norm uh, for Emmaus Way sinning per week or per hour or per second or whatever it is. We're not asking Travis to be lower than that. You know, Travis, a good 14.3 would be good. You know, that's, we're not asking him. He's, he's just like us in every way in that. We're not giving him a unique sacramental authority. Even though we're a sacramental community, we practice the Eucharist every week. We practice baptism and other, other sacraments. And we believe that these are ways that we encounter God, not just symbols uh, per se. Um, Travis tonight and Amy are going to lead communion, but any of you are el- eligible to do that. Some of you will help me baptize your kids, uh, you, uh, whether it's Ash Wednesday. And if you want to confer ashes, there's no secret sacramental authority here that goes just to an in-club of people who have been proven capable of doing that. Um, we've asked you tonight to guard the unity of the church, and that's hard work. I mean, guarding reconciliation, doing reconciliation work is hard, but notice that we're not asking you to guard God. We're not asking you to defend that God in some ways, self-image is going to be impacted by Travis's ability to, to guard. And that's a big part of our communities. We don't feel like we need to defend God in any way, form, or fashion. Another thing that we're not asking Travis to do is we're not asking him to help us exclude someone. Uh, we, we practice an open communion table, and so there's not a secret agenda that would hope that certain people or certain types of persons or uh, anything would be unwelcome at our table. And so your job description, Travis, is not to secretly find out who people are and you know if they are a Democrat or a Republican or like the Red Sox or something like that to, to make sure that they don't come to our table or come to our lives. So notice that these are things that sometimes work their way into pastoral descriptions, but we're not ordaining him to that. So one other question is, well, then what's left? If we're not doing those things, what is left? What are we asking Travis to do? Anybody want to take a stab at that? That's a hard question, by the way. I've been thinking about that all week, and I've done this six or seven times, and it's still a hard question. But what's left? Yeah, did you say keep the faith? Absolutely. We're asking you to be faithful. And that's, as Ben says, that's dangerous work. Faithfulness can take you in all sorts of directions. Trigger. 
We're all pulling, we're all working, we're all trudging, we're all frustrated, we're all mad, we're all joyful. And you know, Trigger, that's beautiful. That was what I thought of, Travis, is that the only thing that's different here is location. That is in some way, there are going to be times when you're out front pulling. You're going to see something that maybe others don't see. And you're going to have that special burden of saying, hey guys, I see something that you may not see. And a lot of times our reaction to that is, well, I don't care about that, or I don't want to hear that, or that's uncomfortable for me to hear. I don't want to keep pulling this stupid rope, and why are we going in that direction anyway? That might be the location that you're in of envisioning, of dreaming. of, of And one of the things my spiritual director has said to me many, many times is he said, Tim, you give out of your voids. In other words, you don't like, I, I don't have a hundred sheep, and then I come in and bring some sheep every now and then to the church. I, I give what I do not have. Uh, there's times when, as a part of my job, I haven't been encouraged, but I give encouragement. Uh, I have been weary, but I give energy. And everybody who's a part of this community has done those type of things. And we're encouraging you to, to take that type of location at times, to pour yourself out, to serve, to give up power in every way that the gospel is proclaimed. Jim. That's a great, and I've thought about that framing all through this, and I think that's uh, the, that whole idea of binding and loosing is we're, we're free from defending God and free to uh, live the beauty of the gospel. So Travis, why don't you come and join me on the circular stool here? Thank you for that. I mean, these are things I love doing ordinations because it's kind of like almost every family does this or group of friends. Does, you have to kind of gather and say, what are we about um, and ordination gives us the privilege to do that. And Travis, you are an, you're a gift to us. You've been a gift to this community. You've been a gift to Amy. Uh, we're thankful that you guys are leaving Eli behind. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of just uh, you know kind of a, a marker that you'll come back. But uh, uh, yeah, but you've been a, a wonderful gift to this community. It's a privilege to ordain you. Um, the way the flow is going to go tonight is I'm going to take you through the parts that we've just done, and I'll invite you into those. And then then I'm going to switch with Dan, and Dan is going to lead us in a, a time of prayer, um, both liturgically and spoken aloud. Uh, I want to say. To some of you, if you're friends of Travis and you've come and you've been invited by him, family members, otherwise, there'll be space for here for you to, to pray briefly over him as well. And we'll, we'll touch him and hug him and stand around him. And Amy will get the privilege of being part of your ordination as you were to hers uh, a few years ago. So, um, so Travis, do you have your uh, text with you? You can share with me. Uh, remember, I'm 51, so if it gets too far away from me and the words start getting goofy, somebody come up here and help me. Um, but, um, and for those of you out there, notice that I'm going to ask you to participate in those. So we'll begin with you speaking the vows of this community together. Your part is in bold um, and in italics. So as those gathered in the name of Christ, we commit to the following principles. If you'll read those with me. To imitate Christ in thought, word, deed, and affection. To simplify our lives through seeking sustainability in the use of our time, resources, and environment. To engage missionally in Durham and our larger communities as a redemptive presence and in faithful service. To foster proximity and mutuality amongst our fellow ministers 
and to work toward diversity and reconciliation in this community. To encourage one another in love through truthful speech, support, and prayer. To cultivate the disciplines of continual prayer, consistent and collective study of the Word of God as found in the Holy Scriptures, participation in the daily life of the community, spiritual discernment, and authentic dialogue. The, um, and this will be a charge to all of you. So if you will hear these words, it's a charge to this community, the context of ordaining uh, Travis. It will be your task to proclaim by word and deed the gospel of Jesus Christ and to fashion your life in accordance with its precepts. You are to love and serve the people among whom you work, caring alike for the young and the old, strong and weak, rich and poor. You are to proclaim the gospel, to declare God's forgiveness to penitent sinners, to pronounce God's blessing, to share in the celebration of the mystery of Christ's body and blood, and to perform other tasks of the gospel entrusted to you. And all that you do, you are to nourish Christ's people from the riches of his grace and strengthen them to glorify God in this life and in the life to come. And note that those words are lifted straight from an ordination liturgy. It's just that they've just been applied to you, uh, not specifically uh, to Travis. This is kind of the high calling of all of us. Now, Travis, this is a part where I'm going to charge you personally. And I want to say very specifically to you as I charge you that this community, we see your gifts. Uh, we gathered Thursday night at the Washington Duke Inn and set out in the beautiful sunset, a bunch of us. And we raised glasses and we just spoke personally our words of love and blessing to Travis. And they were not hard to do. It was not like, hey, does anybody know something cool about Travis? And uncomfortable silence for... You know, 10 minutes. And somebody said, well, you dress well. or No, we, it was easy to speak to you. You are wise. You have tremendous wisdom. I've sat here and led dialogues on a weekly basis where your words have been sometimes the most powerful words spoken. They've been prophetic or kind or courageous. Um, you are, and we jokingly say this, but, you know, as an organic community, sometimes it takes us seven years to do what you might be able to do in an afternoon by yourself. And I can actually give you a couple of specific examples of that. But Travis is one of these people who gets stuff done. He wants to do things. He gets them done. You've been a gift to us in just being able to discern important tasks and to do them. And this is one of the kindest men you will ever meet but he is able to make difficult decisions and hard decisions and, and somehow is able to combine kindness with leadership. These are tremendous gifts. He is a wise person. Travis, you came to us with a tremendous passion for people who might be excluded from the body of Christ or our expressed love. You have that in spades in terms of loving prisoners, people who have been on death row, uh, people who do not fit the norms of society. Your very presence to us as a part of the body says it is our privilege to love and learn from the people that we're trying to ignore. So in some ways you have many, many gifts. So as I charge you tonight, I'm charging someone that this community has recognized is deeply gifted. And we love you for those gifts, but we also are deeply excited about seeing your collaboration, your conspiracy with God in terms of working the kingdom out. So Travis, I charge you now. Are you persuaded that God has called you to the office of pastor? I'm so persuaded. Will you accept this call and fulfill this trust and obedience to Christ? 
I will obey Christ and will serve in his name. Will you be faithful in prayer and in the study of Holy Scripture that you may have the mind of Christ? I will, for he is my help. Will you boldly proclaim and interpret the gospel of Christ, enlightening the minds and stirring up the conscience of your people? I will in the power of the Spirit. As a pastor, will you encourage and support all people created beautifully by God in their gifts and ministries. Nourish them from the riches of God's grace. Pray for them without ceasing and celebrate with them the sacraments of our redemption. I will in the name of Christ, the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Will you guard the faith, unity, and discipline of the church? I will for the love of God. Will you be merciful to all, show compassion to the poor and strangers, and defend those who have no helper? I will for the sake of Christ Jesus. Well said, Travis. This is your chance to receive him. You are now being asked to ordain Travis. So if you will respond to my statements with the words that are in uh, italics and boldface, uh, this is your chance to respond. Is it your will that we receive and ordain Travis as our pastor? That is our will. Will you uphold Travis and Amy? Loving, supporting, and blessing them as they lead and serve our community. We will. I'm going to ask Dan to join me now, and I'll give him the mic, and Dan is going to lead our time of prayer. We've ordained you now, Travis, but we'll pray for you and then give you an opportunity to receive that prayer in liturgy. So as we move into this time, you'll notice um, that there are a couple things that are going on. We're going to be praying specifically for Travis, um, and we'll do that later on uh, as we move down through the liturgy. Um, I'm going to have some spoken liturgy there at the beginning that you'll respond to. And if you flip over just to the top of the page, there's a section there that says words of blessing from the people. I know that Travis has invited several of you that are uh, kind of visiting with us here tonight. Uh, you're here as his guest during this ordination service. Those of you in our community who know and love Travis, that is the time where I'll open it up to you to speak words of blessing upon Travis and upon Amy, upon their lives and upon his ministry. So. Uh, that'll be a time for that, and then as we move down, as we get toward uh, the latter part of the prayers, I'll then also invite you all to come forward to lay hands on Travis, um, and we'll pray for him together, um, and there'll be some space there for you to offer personal prayers. So let's begin here uh, with the liturgy. The scripture tells us that our Savior Christ spent the whole night in prayer before he chose and sent forth his twelve disciples. Likewise, the apostles prayed before they appointed Matthias to be one of their number. Let us therefore follow their examples and offer our prayers to Almighty God as we ordain Travis for the work to which we trust the Holy Spirit has called him. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Now is the time where I'll invite you to speak words of blessing to Travis. Uh, you can speak from where you're seated. Uh, those of you that want to say something specific to Travis and specifically uh, to encourage him as he goes forth in ministry, I'll invite you to do that now.
Um, I have been with the Travis uh, at Duke Divinity School for three years, but uh, I really got to know him uh, when we were doing CP unit at Duke Hospital. Um, when the team uh, mentioned something about Travis, having words of wisdom, it's something I noticed in Travis' life uh, as we are doing our CPE unit. We really go intimate and we share conversation. Uh, I love his calm attitude and also the words of wisdom. When always Travis opens his mouth, there is a word of wisdom that are coming and I really appreciate and uh, uh, it's something I hope that will continue to use throughout your ministry. I was with uh, Innocent and Travis and would have to present something written and I'd struggle over my laptop and work late and rehash it and uh, come up with four or five pages and Travis would come in, you know, mine were single, but he would come in with maybe two, two and a half, three pages, double-spaced, and he said three times what I wrote. I know Travis is on the right path. I have every confidence, and uh, God bless you, Travis. I'm going to say this for, because uh, I said this to Travis when we were out having uh, uh, drinks at the Waduke, but one of the things that I notice in Travis pretty much on a weekly basis is that Travis has a unique quality of, uh, I think what I called a quiet prophetic uh, quality about him. Um, and the way that I think about this is that there's a passage that talks about uh, Jesus charges his disciples to be <clears throat> as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And in some sense, I think that's exactly what uh, Travis possesses as a ministerial quality. Um, and I don't, this seems kind of odd because you don't normally think the work of redemption is being crafty or needing craftiness to do that. But in some sense, I want to encourage you and bless you in being shrewd for the gospel. <laughs> Uh, being crafty, being a trickster of some sorts uh, with kind of nice, killing them with kindness maybe, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think that that's a quality that I see in you that I, I would want to bless going forward. I'm a big uh, Star Trek fan and we got to go see the new movie uh, the other day. And there's this moment where, you know, something is growing up and all that stuff, right? <laughs> Big action movie. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Kirk, you know, Captain Kirk, who's always like the, the wild, shoot from the hip kind of guy. And then Spock, who's like the cool, calm, collected, logical person. And there's this big thing going on. And Kirk is supposed to be the one that says, this is what we're going to do. But he says, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do right now. And he looks at Spock because Spock is the guy that's actually going to say, this is what needs to happen. And he entrusts the ship over. The nerddom level just went so <laughs> off, off the end. <laughs>
Let's move on in prayer uh, for Travis. We'll also be praying for Amy. And then in a moment, I'll invite those of you that want to come forward to come up and lay hands on Travis, and we'll pray for him uh, uh, together. Let us pray. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably upon your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual, <clears throat> by the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which are cast down are being raised up, that, and things which are grown old or have grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, and forever. Amen. To you, O Father, all hearts are open. Fill, we pray, the hearts of your servant, whom you have chosen to be a pastor in your church, with such love of you and of all the people, that he may feed and tend the flock of Christ, and exercise without reproach the high priesthood to which you have called him, serving before you day and night, and day and night, in the ministry of reconciliation, declaring pardon in your name, offering the holy gifts and wisely overseeing the life and work of the church. In all things may he present before you the acceptable offering of a pure and gentle and holy life, through Jesus Christ your Son, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and power and glory in the church now and forever. Those of you that would like, I ask you now to come forward and to lay hands on Travis as an appropriate kind of Pentecost night. This is also something that we do as part of our ordination service in recognition that the ordination is coming out of you who are ordaining him to this office of service. Um, and I'll also invite those of you that want to offer prayers at this time to pray. Uh, I'd ask that you keep it short uh, just so that for time's sake we can continue to move. Pray for Travis now. God, we uh, deeply rejoice in the called life of both Travis and Amy, and uh, we will 
team is one of our callings is to, uh, to gift people that we love deeply to other bodies and other communities and other places. Chad, thank you so much for the friendship of Amy and Travis. And I pray that you would build community around them very, very soon when they get deployed. River of the Waters, we thank you for calling each of us by name. And we thank you especially this day for the calling you have placed upon Travis and upon Amy. Lord, I ask that you will build this for them, that you will make a way and prepare such a community that they have yet to envision and that they will grow as your people as you also grow people for you through them. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the ministry that you have laid out for them in case we know it awaits your path. Precious God, you have called your people throughout history. Your words in Jeremiah says that you knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb. We believe that you knew Travis and Amy before they were formed in their mother's womb. And Lord, you made them the proclaimers of the good news. May you fill them with your Holy Spirit as they go forth to preach the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. As we all continue to pray now, you can join me by uh, speaking the words that are in bold and italics. For Travis, received as a pastor in your church, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That he may faithfully fulfill the duties of this ministry, build up your church, and glorify your name, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he may be sustained and encouraged to persevere to the end, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for Amy, may she be loved, upheld, and overwhelmed by your grace and our love, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Ask those of you that are standing, you can return to your seats now. Travis is now going to end this time of ordination by offering a blessing to you, the people. Once again, your spoken words will be there in bold and in italics. And then uh, Mark and Dale and Daniel are going to lead us through a song. And then actually, uh, Travis and Amy are going to lead us to the table. And we'll be doing the table a little bit different tonight. They'll explain it. Uh, but they're going to, as their last act in this community, be serving us communion. So they'll explain that as they get up there. Just wanted to prepare you for that. Um, so now, Travis, I'll hand it off to you. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth forevermore. The blessing, mercy, and grace of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon all of you and remain with you forever. Amen. So I happen to know that this song is one of you guys' favorite songs, and you guys have specifically requested this.
And I, I think it's cool. It's, it's not often that you can find a song that can serve as both a confession and absolution. But this is actually a song that can do it. Because look at the very first line. Though we're strangers, still I love you. That in and of itself is, is both a confession and an absolution, right? I, I confess that we're strangers. I confess that I have not always found ways to integrate my life into yours. Um, and yet, at the same time, I love you. And I want, um, I want our lives to be intertwined in some kind of meaningful way. And I love that there is both a sense of, there's both a recognition that things have not been right when you look at the chorus. So may peace rain down from heaven. We're asking for that peace because we have not experienced it. So we're asking for peace. There's both, again, confession and absolution in that. Like little pieces of the sky, little keepers of the promise, falling on these souls the drought has, di- has dried. In his blood and in his body, in this bread and in this wine, peace to you, peace of Christ to you. Stretched arms 
are still strong enough to reach behind these prison bars set us free to break peace rain down from heaven like little pieces of the sky little keepers of the promise falling on these souls that drought has tried in his blood and in his body in this bread and in this wine peace to you so May peace rain down from heaven Little pieces of the sky Little keepers of the promise Falling on these souls that drown as dry In his blood and in his body In this bread and in this wine The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time. You who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and wine and grape juice to offer, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single living act of praise. Amen. You are welcome to the table. 